0: Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get the important things done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. Have you ever considered using an analog calendar with a digital calendar? A lot of people like the feeling of writing on piece of paper or on a wall calendar but they miss the portability and speed of a digital calendar. If you've tried both approaches and you haven't found a working solution yet, then you're going to love this episode. We'll share our system for using a digital and analog calendar together. It's so simple and effective that you might be wondering why you haven't done it yourself yet. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to slash 233 And now on with the show. Hey, Brooks. How's it going today? It's going well. How about you? I'm doing sort of fantastic. We had a bunch of tech issues before we just started recording this, but I'm glad it's
1: all behind us now. How is everything else going with you? Yeah, (laughs) everything's great. So So far, tech's holding up. The joys of podcasting.
0: So to kick it off, we always like to start off with our top three productivity resources. So if you can't finish it for some reason all the way through this podcast episode, at least want to make sure you got some immediate value from listening and tuning in. So the first resource I want to give you today is this cable. It's called Cable Creation 2-in-1 with a micro USB and lightning output. So if you're somebody like me and you travel every now and then or you have a lot of devices that either use a micro USB or a lightning port like your iPad or your iPhone, it's kind of unnecessary to bring two separate cables with you. You can actually have one cable that has two different outputs. So my favorite one is this one by Cable Creation where you just have one cable and it has two different outputs and you can charge your Kindle and your iPhone with the same cable. So you save a lot of time and space that way. So I really love this. We're gonna have a link to it in the show notes as well as you can grab your own. And then the next one is, a new year calendar so we've been a big fan of the new year calendar so this is a paper calendar that you can stick onto your wall it's really long you can see all the days and months in one view so you don't have to scroll through papers or anything like that you just see it in one bird's eye view so it's really easy to plan your day to plan your weeks and months ahead Or if you're somebody who likes to follow the don't break the chain method where you just axe off every single day where you did something, this is a great calendar to have. So we're going to have a link to this particular calendar as well in the show notes. And then the third one is going to be about our favorite calendar app on the Mac. And for me, that is BusyCal. But if there is an alternative and you don't like BusyCal for some reason, we highly recommend Fantastical as well. So... Those are top three resources. If you want to get those links, make sure to check out the show notes either in your app or if you want to have the show notes linked or emailed to you, be sure to go to theproductivityshow.com. Just sign up there. You can get the show notes emailed to you every single time we release a new podcast episode. So let's dive into today's podcast episode. We're going to be talking about how you can use a digital calendar with a analog calendar. We've talked about calendars endlessly before on this podcast. So we're not going to rehash some of the best practices and which apps we really like to use, although some of the stuff will come up today. Really, if you want to learn how to use a calendar, we highly recommend you go out, check out episode 198. So anytime we mention a episode number, you can always go to com slash number. So in this case, we have a epic podcast episode on how to use a calendar, how to set it up, how to get it all up and running. And it is all covered in episode 198. So go to theproductivityshow.com slash 198. And then we have another one where we share some of our best tips and strategies for mastering your calendar. And that is in episode 77. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash 77, you're good to go there as well. So today's episode is actually inspired by a dojo member or a productivity community with a accountability group and a private forum. And one of the members asked us, how do you use a digital and analog calendar? So if you're somebody who likes to use a digital calendar and a paper calendar, but you kind of have trouble staying on top of everything, this episode is for you. Or if you've tried going digital only, right? So you have everything on your iPhone, your Mac, your computer, you're going 100% digital, and you still have trouble keeping everything afloat, and you've thought about using a paper calendar, you might want to consider a hybrid approach. So this is that episode for you. So I'm really excited to dive into this episode today. And Brooks, I know we had a Dojo member kind of share her challenges as well. Would you love to share this with everybody here?
1: Yeah, it's always fun when we have episodes that come straight from from questions that people have. So definitely, if you ever have questions that you want us to cover on the show, just hit us up on Twitter or in the Dojo and yeah, Lisa is one of our awesome Dojo members. She said that she's been wavering between digital and analog calendar for calendar and tasks. And what she likes with digital is being able to see everything at a glance. But then, you know, she takes public transportation and walks a lot. So digital makes a lot of sense from the portability standpoint, which which I totally agree with. But analog can be great for seeing that big picture. The only thing is, and this is something we've heard before from people, so I'm looking forward to diving into how we can solve this, is a lot of people find, and Lisa finds this, that she tends to miss things when they're digital only because you're. we always talk about not being so distracted, not being on our devices all the time. So if your calendar is there, it can be hard to be distracted by things when you go into your device to look at your calendar. So Lisa uses a PC, Windows-based laptop, and an iPad, and an iPhone, and is using Google Calendar and Todoist on the digital side.
0: So let's talk about this, because I know a lot of people have either approach when it comes to using calendars. Some people go completely digital, some people go just completely analog, and they have a paper planner. And some people want to use a hybrid version where you use a digital calendar and an analog calendar. And how do you combine both if you wanna use both? Because each approach has its strengths and weaknesses. And I think there is a middle ground where you can have the best of both worlds. So we're gonna be talking about that today and really figure out what is an approach that you can use where you use digital and analog. So Brooks, I know you and I have been always Big fans of going digital only. I mean, you started a paperless blog at one point where you went 100% paperless, and we sometimes have to go to the extreme to really figure out what we really want and what we really need in life. So, what is your approach with calendars nowadays?
1: Yeah, well, I, like you said, I went all in with digital pretty early, and that worked pretty well for me. The only thing is, for me, I have a family, I have a wife, I have kids, and When you have a family, usually your calendar is not just impacting you, it's impacting other things. So this was causing this was causing friction in my family, because at first I was all in on a a digital calendar. It was synced to all my devices. I was pretty feeling pretty good about myself doing that. But my wife wasn't using that. And so what would happen is we didn't have a clear view of what we had going on. So maybe we would say yes to some I don't know, a party or something like that when we had some other, when the other one of us had commitments or maybe we would say we would go, we would plan to go away next weekend and maybe they didn't know the kids had a soccer game. So it led to conflicts and double bookings and and confusing, confusion, basically, because I was all digital and my wife was definitely a paper calendar person. And so when I started using the digital camera for the family stuff, what she would do is she would. She would actually go into Google Calendar, so that's awesome. But then she'd print it out and put it on the fridge. And just for some reason, that that whole concept was driving me crazy, especially, like you said, I was running a, a paperless website, a website about going paperless. And I'd walk in and there'd be this, be this printout. Hanging on the fridge, I'd be like, come on, man, you're killing me here. (laughs) We got to be living the brand. (laughs) Now, over time, we've kind of come to a middle ground where she has switched to actually using digital as well for our shared. We have a shared digital calendar and it's worked really, really well. And now she's the one that evangelizes it to other families when we're talking. But we do also use analog stuff, which we'll which we'll dive into to get some bigger picture things. So you mentioned the new year calendar er earlier. I have one of those as well. I'm staring at it right now behind my desk. And it's great for seeing that big, big picture. We also have a a family calendar that we do put things on so that the whole family can see. So we do use a hybrid approach. And by doing it both ways, it's kind of worked really well for us.
0: That is very interesting because... One, I can see the conflict happening as you're unfolding the story, but also at the same time, when you try to convince somebody, and we've had several podcast episodes where we talked about, you know, how do you deal with somebody who isn't into productivity? What do you do? How do you help them? How do you coach them? Or how do you educate them to use the tools that you use? So we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes as well. But that is always a challenge, especially when it's your spouse, right? And sometimes it's a little bit more challenging to convince the other person or to convert the other person to follow your lead. And I'm glad to hear that she did actually follow your lead and and is now evangelizing other families to do so. For me personally, I had to go to the extreme as well. So I started off with, you know, a paper calendar and I was like, "Eh, this is not really useful, especially now that I have my iPhone with me and Things got a little bit all over the place. So once kind of iCloud came out, I started using everything through the cloud. So I went completely digital only for many years. And I thought, okay, I travel a lot. I have all these different devices. I have to go digital only. And that was fine for a couple of years and it did actually work. And then I kind of saw the value of using paper or analog tools as well where having a wall calendar such as the new year calendar that I mentioned at the beginning of the show is actually very useful for certain things. For example, when I want to plan my dinner parties, for example, when I want to plan my vacations, if I want to do the whole don't break the chain method of productivity, where I just do something every single day and being able to mark it on a wall calendar was actually very gratifying in a lot of ways. So then I started to see the power of, okay, if I have digital tools, which I use for most of my day, and then just use maybe 1% of the tools in an analog way, I can actually combine both worlds. And I started to slowly move towards the middle where now I have mostly digital, but a few analog tools as well. So I'm a big fan of using both. And I think there's a lot of power in using both, but I also see how, it's very easy to one, get confused on how you should use the tools, but also how you can actually start making it worse because one of the bigger mistakes that I've seen other people make, and I've made myself as well is let's say you plan something on your wall calendar. If you don't transfer that over to your digital calendar, well, guess what? You're going to have conflicts, right? So we're going to be talking about some of the mistakes that you want to avoid that we've learned along the way. So Let's start diving into the actual system that we kind of figured out over time through trial and error. So hopefully this is going to save you some headaches, frustrations as well. And Lisa, if you're listening, and I think you are because you're here live, because we always like to record in front of our dojo audience, this is an approach that I think would work really well. And for those who are considering a hybrid system, I would really consider this approach here. So think of your calendar system as two completely separate systems that work together, right? So we have a master system and we have a servant system. So just think about it as two parts, okay? So the master system is your digital calendar and this is where I would say most of your things will go on your master system. So think of your master system as your digital calendar where every events, appointment, time block, focus time, whatever you put on your calendar, goes on there by default, right? So there's no thinking, there's no friction. Anytime something goes on your calendar, it goes into the quote unquote master system, which is digital, okay? So that way you avoid the mistake of, okay, should this go on my wall calendar? Should this go on my digital calendar? No, 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 no. Anytime you put something on your calendar, it goes into your digital calendar. So for example, when you have all these different tools, like you use a PC at work, you have an iPhone, maybe you have like a different tablet. If they're all synced up through the digital calendar, you're always gonna be in sync. So this is really important. For example, I'm working with a personal trainer right now and my schedule is pretty different every single month. I try to be as routine as possible, but because of my travel schedule and other social commitments that I have, my calendar is kind of all over the place, right? So I can usually plan maybe three or four weeks at a time in advance. So when I finish working out with my trainer, she will usually ask me, hey, Tan, what is your availability like over the next two or three weeks? And then if I had everything in my paper calendar, I would not be able to schedule stuff in advance with her. And so having everything digitally makes it really easy to be portable, but also to have everything in one place so that you can book stuff in advance. And uh, that's why I'm a big proponent of making sure that the master system is digital and then when we talk about the analog stuff, make that the servant system, which kind of follows whatever is digital.
1: I'm kind of similar. I also use digital, as I said, as my master calendar. And the benefits of that are, aside from being able to see everything on whatever device I'm using, I do the same thing. When I'm at an appointment, let's say I'm at my kid's dentist appointment or at an appointment for myself or whatever. And you know, when it's time to, to book a follow-up, first of all, I can see, like you said, what my availability is, but also whenever you book an appointment, a lot of these places, they give you, you know, the little card with your, your next appointment. And I just do not trust myself not to lose that card. (laughs) So right away, as soon as they give it to me, I whip out my phone and I put the appointment on my calendar. Or sometimes I just say, oh, you don't even need to give it to me. That's even preferred. I'll just, as they're talking, I'll just put it right into my calendar right there using some of the quick capture apps that we'll talk about. And then I know when I'm walking out of there, it's already on my calendar. There's no chance that I'm going to forget about it. There's no chance I'm going to lose the card. There's no chance my wife is going to book something on that same day before I get a chance to to put it. It's captured right away.
0: So, Brooks, so when it comes to having everything in sync, especially with your family, what does your tech stack kind of look like? How does that all integrate? Do you have something like a Google calendar? Do you use iCloud? Like how does your family calendar integrate with your work calendar? Like can your wife put stuff on your calendar? Like how does that actually work? And for those who are listening right now, I know a lot of you guys are in that particular situation and we actually are going to record a separate episode specifically on family calendars and tech stacks and, and all that stuff. So we're not gonna go into too much detail now, but I'm still curious to kind of like what, what your setup is.
1: Yeah. Spoiler alert for an upcoming podcast. <laughs> we, we use Google Calendar for our family, mainly because that was the main solution at the time. iCloud, when we first set all this up, iCloud calendars weren't quite as robust as they are now. So yeah, I have a personal calendar and then we also have a family calendar and that's what anything that impacts the family goes on that calendar. My wife, it's shared with my wife and then she can see things and add to it as well. I think If I was to redo it again, probably what makes the most sense is to use the tech stack that is native to your platform. So it just so happens that in our family, we tend to be all Apple, although my wife uses Windows at work. So for us, Google Calendar makes sense. But if I was all Apple, I would probably use iCloud. And the same thing, if I was all kind of Windows, I might use Outlook Calendar, Office 365, or use Google Calendar. But Google Calendar works great for us. Yeah, that's a big key
0: insight that I really wanna reemphasize here because if you have mixed devices, then Google Calendar is probably the best solution for you because iCloud, as you probably know, is very Apple only. So if you have something like a Windows service tablet or you have like an Android device somewhere in your mix, Google Calendar is probably the way to go. So if you have a mixed set of devices, go that route. But if you are Apple only, and kudos to you, if you are, then I would say go iCloud, and that's the way to go. So my favorite apps, when we're talking about apps here and the tech stack, again, I'm a big fan of BusyCal on the Mac. I think it's by far the best calendar app, and we've talked extensively about this in the other episodes. On the iPhone, I'm a big fan of Fantastical. I just love the View of how it's laid out. The natural language is really fast as well. And it's all synced up through Google Calendar as well for me personally. Even though I am pretty much Apple only, I find that the web interface for Google Calendar is pretty good. So sometimes when I'm somewhere else and I need to quickly look at stuff or if I'm at somebody else's place and we look at calendars together, I find that the Google interface and, and integrating that with other people stuff is really useful and really simple so that's why i'm a big fan of google calendar as sort of the backbone
1: for my calendar system what about you brooks so i use fantastical on ios for my my main calendaring app and i use it on the mac as well i have BusyCal and i like BusyCal a lot too but i tend to i just started uh, playing with fantastical and that's the one i tend to prefer right now not for any real reason it's just kind of the the layout uh, makes sense to me. But like you said, I'm actually a big fan of the Google Calendar web interface too. It used to be just okay, but they've improved it a lot over the last few years, or at least from my perspective. So sometimes I find myself just dropping into that. And Google Calendar, we've been talking about iOS apps and Mac apps, but the Google Calendar app on iOS and Android is very nice too. So if you're a Google Calendar user, check that out because it, it's, it displays the events in a different way and it, and it's quite nice. So if you're listening right now and you're thinking, okay, how do you guys plan to
0: use like all these different calendars together? How do you share this stuff? So again, I would refer back to episode 198. So deproductivityshow.com slash 198. We covered that in extensive detail on how to set it up. And if you wanna actually see how we set it up step-by-step step and when you, you wanna get a tutorial and kind of like a course on it, we have inside the dojo a course on how to set up your calendar for maximum productivity as well. So if you're listening, you're an existing dojo member, go check that out right now because we basically show you step-by-step step how to set up the perfect calendar system. And if you're not a Dojo member yet, you can go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo and get in for just $1. All right, so let's go back to our system here. So we talked about the master system, right? So when you think about your calendar system, there's two components. One, you have the master system, which is completely digital. And then we have the servant system, which is analog. So that's the next piece, right? So if we all agree, and hopefully you do, (laughs) if we all agree that the digital system is the master system where everything goes, the servant system basically follows whatever is on the digital and basically will take from it or add to that, right? So this can work in many different ways. As an example, you could have a whiteboard in your office or at home where you like to plan out certain things and You could have a wall calendar where you like to plan out certain things. You could even have a sheet of paper for the day where you just like to plan out what your ideal day looks like. You can have a sticky note if you're like me every now and then you just like to write down like, oh, this is what I'm doing today or this is what I'm planning to do for tomorrow. Like analog tools are all over the map, right? It doesn't really matter what you do, but whatever you use and whatever you do, make sure it always ends up back on the master system. So if I'm using a whiteboard, let's say I'm trying to figure out where to go for a vacation. I said, you know what, based on my digital calendar system, it seems like I might have some time in the middle of June to go somewhere. So let's map it out on a whiteboard, or maybe I'm launching a new product or something. You can kind of like timeline everything, or if you're a really big nerd, you can use like a Gantt chart and kind of like map all of the resources. I know some of you guys are out there doing that sort of stuff, which I totally find cool and respectful as well. But whatever you do, make sure whenever you finish that session where you plan all the stuff, that it goes back into your digital calendar, right? So think of your quote unquote clear to neutral action where you just end your session, put stuff back into your digital calendar. So it might take an extra two, three, four, five minutes to do that. But for a lot of people that I know, and including myself, there's some value in planning stuff on paper, planning it on a whiteboard, there's a lot of free flow to that. And there's a lot of value in doing that, but just make sure again, one of the top mistakes that we see people make is that they forget to transfer it over to the digital system, right? So if you think of the analog system as servant, as the servant system, right? Serving the master system, right? It's taking from it or using the information from the master system, then it's, it's a way of like filling in the gaps, is like probably the best way I can explain it. So I'm I'm trying to take from the master system and I'm trying to put it back into it.
1: Yeah. And the key is going back to what Lisa said earlier about how she finds sometimes, and a lot of people report this, that going to the digital system to look at their calendar for the day, a lot of times they find they get distracted. You know, they'll, they'll go to (laughs) they'll go to check their calendar and then next thing you know they're reading some thread on twitter or something like that which is very easy to do so what some people do like you said is at maybe at the start of the day they'll take a look at what is on their digital calendar for that day but then they'll write it on a piece of paper or again like you said the whiteboard or something like that just to get it out of their digital system so that they don't get distracted and they and they have that that they can refer to at all times So I find that really useful
0: for like big picture planning or for very stressful, busy days where I just need to focus on like the rule of three, right? Only three things at a time every single day. So if I'm going through, let's say, a product launch or I have like a big project that I need to finish this upcoming week, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll look at my calendar and I'll figure out, okay, this is what needs to happen. This is the focus block that I have. I'll literally write it down on a sticky note saying, okay, rule of three. Here are the top three things I need to do for today. I'll write it down. And once I write it down on that sticky note, I actually made a commitment to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. User that designated blocks my calendar. I'm good to go. And and then I don't actually have to do anything back onto the digital master system, right? Because I'm just taking from it, right? Now, if I'm planning something, let's say I'm planning a product launch or a vacation or something, I might do that on a whiteboard or sheet of paper and just map it out a little bit. And then once I finish that, then I oftentimes will have to put it back on, right? So you can see that the analog system is really useful to kind of get focused and not get distracted. So the only part that where you kind of have to be careful is, as you just mentioned, Brooks, is when you go into your digital system, it's easy to get sidetracked by all the notifications, or let's say you open up your Mac and you see this red icon above your messages app and you go, oh. Text messages, iMessages, oh, nope. Or you see that same thing in OmniFocus and you know you have that inclination to go, oh, let me just quickly check. And then before you know, oh, an hour goes by and you <laughs> didn't accomplish anything. So my tip is always, I would always minimize your dock as much as possible. Just remove the icons. So don't even keep them statically in place. Just only have them when you open up the app. So you minimize the number of distractions available there.
1: Yeah. And just going diving in a little bit more about how I use things like the New Year calendar. And I swear this episode is not sponsored by them. It probably should be, but just we all, we both happen to use it. And uh, like I mentioned, I, I mount mine right behind the desk. And what I find helpful is I put all things like I don't put my day to day stuff on, on there. I, I don't per, I'm not personally somebody who takes my analog stuff for the day and and write or my digital stuff for the day and writes it down. I use analog more for a big picture, so I don't write my day to day on there, but what I do is I put big picture trips that are coming up, events like maybe if we're doing a webinar that will be on there or a holiday or a uh, a trip i'm going to be taking or a trip that someone else is going to be taking, or I also mark our our sprints. We use Scrum here at Asian Efficiency. Uh, We have an episode on that. And I mark the sprints on there as well so that all of that stuff I can find digitally if I need to. But it can be really helpful when we're talking about something. You know, if we're saying, oh, let's do this in a certain week in March, I can just glance up and see, nope, I'm going to be away then. Or I can see what time something is. So it's, it's really helpful just to have that big picture view without having to go digging into a digital calendar. I'll get into this a lot more in the upcoming family issue or episodes, I should say. Uh, So uh, stay tuned for TPS 235. But our family has really embraced a big whiteboard calendar and it's been a game changer for us. Uh, So I'm going to talk about how we use that and and it's worked out really well for us.
0: I know also a lot of Doja members and people who follow Asian efficiency like to use physical planners, right? Maybe you have a passion planner, you have a productivity planner, you have a self planner. There's so many out there. So it doesn't really matter which one you use. At the end of the day, they're all analog tools, right? Where you might be writing stuff down, maybe you journal some stuff, you take notes, you plan stuff inside there. And that is all great. And I know tons of people will carry it with them everywhere they go. But if you follow this master and servant system, just make sure that whenever you take notes or you write stuff in there, that you do transfer that back over, right? So this does not just apply to the whiteboard or the new year calendar or anything else. It also applies to the physical planner that you use and take with you. So now, I know a lot of people who are listening have one of these things. And if you follow this hybrid system where most of your stuff is digital, right? And the few things are analog, just again, make sure you transfer it back over. I I guarantee you, you will make that mistake where you don't transfer back over and you'll have some conflicts and we all go through it. Don't worry, we've all been there as well. I'm just giving you a forecast of what will likely happen. So think of it as your clear to neutral action of, okay, I'm about to finish the session. Let's make sure I transfer it over every single time. And don't wait for your weekly review to do that. That's usually way too late. I would always do it at the time you finish your planning on that planner.
1: Yeah. But since you mentioned weekly review, it is a pretty good practice to just take a look back when you're doing your weekly review. Like you said, it should all be captured by that point. But when you're doing your weekly review, if you do that, it can be a good practice to go back and just skim through your planner just to make sure you haven't missed anything. What I used to do when I used a paper planner and I was doing GTD is I would put a big dot in the top right corner where when I finished a weekly review so that when I did the next one, I would go back to the last dot and I knew I needed to read forward from that point just to skim through and make sure there isn't anything that I'm missing. So it's a, good, it's a good double check, but you're right. It should be captured more often than that for sure.
0: Now we've talked a lot about what we do, but we also have super smart Dojo members as well. People in our community who have shared some of their systems and their approaches. So I would love to kind of share with you guys here what they have come up with and what they do, because one, they have a lot of cool insights. They also have different lives that they live that I think would be really valuable for all of our listeners. So Brooks, I know you've curated a bunch of people who have shared with you what they do. Would you mind sharing how they use a digital calendar with an analog calendar? And if they follow the the master system and the service system, what, what do they actually do?
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned earlier, we record these episodes live in front of our dojo audience and live while we're while we're recording this. uh, Some of them are sharing what they do. So Alice is mentioning that she finds it faster to have a physical notebook for meetings, capturing ideas, taking notes. But then she needs to transfer any action items and and time blocking and stuff like that immediately to her task manager or her calendar to make sure that it gets captured. Andy says he does something similar to what you were talking about Tan where you need to go through and make sure that you capture things. So he does that as part of his shutdown ritual every work day and I think that's a great a great way if you're building your your rituals, that's a great way to do it. Make sure you capture your notebook. Katie in the dojo says she puts all time sensitive appointments in BusyCal. She doesn't make appointments on paper because you know, we all have our phone with her. So she finds it quicker and easier and then she can set reminders and stuff to capture it digitally. And then she does her project management tracking and things, but she uses a bullet journal, which is a physical paper approach to create a task list every day on paper. And then the night before, she checks her calendar and things for what needs to be worked on and then creates her paper list. And then the next day she's working from that paper list, not really from calendar and things three. So like we said earlier, it's about creating that analog system from the the master system for the things that need to be done that day.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. And that's basically the approach that I kind of take too, where yes, everything is in the master system, but when you really wanna get focused and you wanna avoid the distractions, then you just plan essentially the night before what you're going to do tomorrow and just commit to that on paper. And I really like that because we've talked about this many times. It's one of the simplest things that you could do where you just basically plan the night before what you're going to do the next day. And it sounds so simple, but when you actually do it and you stick to it, you'll see that you just ramp up so much faster in the morning when you get started. Because when you start your day, you still have to figure out like, okay, what am I going to do today? Um, like what's something that I should focus on, then you just let other things creep in very easily. Whereas if the night before you commit to saying, hey, I'm going to do these three things, I'm actually going to write that down as well, then when you wake up and you finish your morning ritual and you start your workday, it's really easy to get started right away. And that's something I always try to evangelize and also remind team members to do as well. Personally, I just find it so much easier to start my day that way.
1: Yep. And Dave Dave, who's a Dojo member, does something pretty similar to to Katie, actually, where he has his master system in digital, like we've been talking about, where things are kept and organized, but then every morning. So he does it in the morning. Katie does it the night before, but he finds it works for the morning. He pulls out what he calls the highlights. So those those days appointments from his calendar, the must do tasks. So he's not writing his whole task list down. He's pulling out those key tasks that need to be done that day. And jots them down in a paper notebook. And he also does it bullet journal style. A lot of people find that that really helpful. And then, like we've been talking about, during his weekly review, he goes through the pages of his paper notebook and captures anything, he uses his uh, a scanning app, I'm assuming, or just takes a picture of anything that seems important long term and he puts it into Evernote. And oh yeah, it does what I he does what I suggested too, where he ticks the corner of the page so he knows when the next review should start. So that's what I what I used to do as well. And that's actually a great point is analog is great for capturing things and for that immediate reference. But some people find that it's helpful to, to capture things that you want long-term capture digitally as well, because then it can be searchable, then you can tag it and that sort of thing. So it can be helpful. You don't necessarily need to do everything, but it can be helpful to capture important things digitally as well. So you have it in both places. I love that we have all these submissions from the community here
0: because it just highlights, you know, different work approaches, different ways of doing the same thing and whatever works for you. Just take that approach and and go with that, right? What might work for me might not work for you, but we have an overall approach and system I think works really well. And it seems to be that people are following that here as well. And if you're a Dojo member, we have all this type of stuff inside the forum. So you can just go to the Dojo forum and see what people are posting on there. They're sharing what's working for them. And there there is always value to be found there as well. And if you're not a Dojo member, I highly recommend you go check that out as well because we're talking about the stuff all the time. And if you love to geek out on certain things or you want to see how other people in the similar industry, what they do, there's so much stuff in there. And I'm always amazed what the community comes up with because I'm always surprised with how people like take notes and what kind of planners they use and what kind of systems they come up with. So kudos to those members who submitted this stuff. All right, so just to wrap it up here, Remember, when it comes to this system, there's basically two parts to it, right? So we look at this hybrid system of using a digital calendar and an analog calendar or use analog tools in conjunction with a digital calendar. Think of them as a master system and a servant system, right? So the digital system is the master system. So this is where all your appointments go on, your events, anything that needs to go on your calendar by default will always go on your digital calendar and then use the analog tools to serve and follow along whatever is on your master system. So the key to making all of this work is really having rituals around the calendars because the thing that makes it fall apart is when they're not in sync, right? So we've kind of talked about that where you just want to make sure that whenever you're playing something in analog mode, just make sure it goes back into the digital system. So if you make that a point, then I'm pretty sure this whole system is gonna work for you. You're gonna find a lot of value in using both sides of the tool spectrum and you can get the best of both worlds. So whether you have a morning ritual or evening ritual, just make sure you keep checking your digital calendar and transfer stuff over to analog and vice versa, right? So make sure that's a part of your lifestyle and create those rituals around that. And if you do that, everything else is going to be super simple. Anything else you want to add to this, Brooks?
1: No, I, th- I think we got to just have those rituals and make sure you're being intentional about what you're putting where. At Asian
0: Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get things done. You should be able to get the important things done in the time you have. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity and inside the Dojo we have a calendar course that shows you how to use a calendar to maximize your productivity. We'll show you which apps and tools we recommend, how to set it up step by step, and the best practices for using calendars. If you enjoyed today's episode, then you're going to love this calendar course we have inside the Dojo. The Dojo is an all-access membership to the Asian Efficiency community and our productivity courses. For a very limited time, you can get access for just $1 for your first month. Just go to theproductivityshow.com dojo. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com dojo. Sign up today for just $1 and you get immediate access to the calendar course. You can also find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com 233. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or a star in Overcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next Productive Monday.